and you are very welcome back to the Ireland Canada Connection, an original podcast series brought to you by the Ireland Canada Business Association. I'm Patrick Hawhey, and in this episode, my guest is Ken Finnegan, Managing Director of Greenfield Global Ireland. Now, Greenfield Global is a Canadian company. It established a base in Ireland in the last couple of years, and its growth since then has been fascinating. The company built and launched an almost 4,000 square meter facility in Port Leash, and it was actually the company's first facility outside of North America. And myself and Ken talk about why Greenfield Global chose Ireland as its first base outside of North America, and also why they chose the Midlands region of Ireland as opposed to Dublin or one of the other large cities to establish a base here, and, and what the attraction was, which I think is quite interesting for any Canadian company looking at Ireland as a potential base. I think Ken says he visited 32 different sites um, in his hunt for the right place for this site so uh, he'll, he'll share what he learned along that journey as well but Greenfield Global is also on the front lines of the fight against COVID-19 because of the fact that it makes ethanol and some other products that go into vaccines and hand sanitizers and and things that are just so important right now and it's giving Ken and it's giving the company a real sense of purpose because launching a, a, a manufacturing plant like this in Ireland during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic has not been easy, has been full of challenges, which Ken also gets into in this interview. So let's get to our conversation with Ken Finnegan, MD of Greenfield Global Ireland. And he starts off by telling me a little bit about the company. So I suppose that Greenfield is one of the largest high purity ethanol producers in North America. Uh, We have four distilleries in Canada. We're headquartered in Toronto. And then we have extensive uh, packaging High, high purity solvent uh, packaging facilities in the US as well under our brand Farmco products. Um, so yeah, so we've a privately owned company, we have about 600 employees and Ireland is our first venture outside of North America. So exciting times for our company. Absolutely. And I'm going to ask you all about the, the, a little bit of the, the this decision behind choosing Ireland um, uh, when looking at a, establishing a base outside of North America for the first time. But in terms of, I was looking through the Greenfield Global website and I think just what struck me is some of the really interesting things that you guys are doing that uh, some people may not be aware of in terms of technology and waste. And w- one thing that jumped out at me was the ethanol plant that you run in Ontario and a kind of, I suppose, a partnership with a local tomato growing operation. And I think it really illustrates some of the interesting things you're doing. Will you tell us a bit about that? Sure, Patrick. So <clears throat> I suppose just to explain, um, we, we have restructured our organization into three distinct business units. And so where we sit in Ireland is under the specialty chemical and ingredients division. But we also have a beverage alcohol and distilled spirits. And then where I suppose your interest there in the new technologies are in our renewable energy division. And there, you know, we have an extensive R&D platform in Canada where we're looking at new renewable energy source projects like anaerobic digestion, you know, taking organic waste, uh, diverting it from landfill, and, and then, you know, producing biogas or biofuels from that process. So, we, you know, we've developed a patented technology to, I suppose, expand that into, you know, commercial production. And really what you're seeing there is, you know, improvements in traditional anaerobic digesting technology by anything from, you know, 30 to 50% efficiency. Then uh, I suppose that example where you, you looked at the um, tomato glass houses, that's where, you know, parts, so we, produce our ethanol from corn 
and every part of the corn kernel is used in our process. So 30% of the corn kernel would, would go to make ethanol. 30% is captured in CO2 and is actually then piped into an extensive range of glass houses where we help local farmers grow tomatoes at a, at a local level. So it, you know, it fits really importantly into our sustainability mission statement that we're here to protect our planet. And we've many examples, you know, in everything we do, <clears throat> whether it be in, you know, in Ireland in the construction phase ourselves here in, in our new facility in Ireland, you know, we're one of the first NZ compliant buildings to be built in the country. NZ being near zero energy building. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So whereby you have to use, you know, 20 percent of your energy consumption is being is being generated by renewable sources within the site. And obviously then you're, you know, you're increasing the the specification of the fabric of the building and then introducing new renewable energy solutions to generate that power needed to run a plant of our size and scale here. So, um, and I'm going to come to the plant in Ireland now in just a moment, but just to, to wrap up on the, the tomato glass houses, so basically you're piping CO2 that would otherwise go into the atmosphere, which is not good, into uh, tomato growing glass houses, uh, which is good because this is what they need to grow as part of what they need to, to grow. And also you're you're capturing waste heat from your grain drying process through a heat exchanger and piping that into the greenhouses as well. So en- every bit of waste is actually going to create something, some new life and food for, for us. You know, we'd be careful not to call it waste because, you know, yeah. we're, we're, it's an important ingredient, an important string to the bow that, you know, every part of the, the corn kernel is used in, in the process. For example, so then the last remaining 30% of, of the corn kernel um, generated from the process is actually distilled grains, which can be used then for animal nutrition feedstocks. So, you know, we're actually, you know, for the last 15 years, we've been shipping a significant volume of distilled grains into Ireland for our animal nutrition and, you know, extensive cattle feed uh, through the winter months. So that's something that's every part of the corn kernel has been used. So then the decision to the decision by Greenfield to establish operations outside of North America for the first time and land on Ireland, thankfully. Tell us a bit about that and, and why Ireland was chosen in the in the end. Sure. Well, I suppose, look, ethanol is, is just one product we have in our extensive product portfolio under the Farmco brand. And it's basically, you know, it's <clears throat> mission critical raw materials to our life science industry. And as we expanded that product portfolio, we, you know, what we're doing is really leveraging on the success of our U.S. colleagues in that they've developed bioprocess solution capability in the U.S. And, you know, we were looking at, you know, probably our main customers were the biotech life science industry, where we're able to supply GMP certified bio solutions, which would be aqueous blended solutions. And we had some great successes, you know, a lot of the I suppose biotech industry in Ireland is in its infancy, I would say. And, you know, their, their initial product offerings here in Ireland would be product transfers from their US sister sites. And so they would inherit the approved vendor list from the US as, as their raw materials in, in their production process. So, you know, Greenfield Global were successful in, in having ethanol as an approved product being transferred into Ireland to our biotech industry. And, you know, one of this was, as, as you may be aware, we have 10 of the top 10 um, global uh, biotech companies manufacturing in Ireland. 
which so it's a unique hub <clears throat> within the life science industry that Ireland has been successful in attracting um, these FDIs and biotech companies to manufacture in Ireland. And then I suppose another string to the bow was CETA, which is a free trade agreement between Canada and the EU. And I know the Irish Canadian Business Association has been very active and lobbying the government and making sure that's ratified in a timely manner, hopefully this year, very shortly. Um, but I suppose yeah. that was a major trigger point, Patrick, in, in allowing us to bring our ethanol as one base product from our Canadian distillery into the EU so that we can bring that in under duty suspension and then add value to that by introducing it to our facility in Ireland um, where we produce USP purified water or WIFI water and then make those buffer blends to our customers' concentrations in Ireland. Um, so rather than, again, it's you know a, a big part of, as, of Greenfield is to protect our planet. So rather than bringing aqueous solutions across the Atlantic, paying for water to come across the, the Atlantic, we have you know endless supplies of water here in Ireland, as you know, and so we, we we're generating our USP purified WIFI water on our site on our campus here in Port Leash, and then blending that to our customers' concentration <clears throat> and supplying it in pack sizes from you know drums, IBCs, or even bulk isotainers. And it's not only to Ireland, also into continental Europe. Ireland is a perfect gateway into the European market. And to touch on CETA just for a moment again, without CETA, what you were already doing would have cost a lot more in terms of uh, duties. Is, is that the fact? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So that was a major trigger for our board to approve the significant investment that was made here in Ireland. And so once CETA w- was ratified or was, was you know, signed off on um, by the EU and, and Canada, you know, that was really the opening the doors. It kind of, you know, opened the European market for our Canadian sourced um, and produced ethanol. There was great excitement over the summer because you opened your new facility, which is almost 4,000 square metres in Port Leash. And where you decided to base it was something that people took interest in as well, because often we're seeing FDIs coming in and just choosing Dublin or perhaps one of the, you know, the uh, another large city around the country. Um, but it's definitely been a topic of conversation that we need to sort of start locating FDIs in, in regions outside of Dublin. This was very positive. So why the Midlands region? Why Port Leash? Sure. Well, <clears throat> I suppose there, look, there were a number of factors. And, and Patrick, we, we did an extensive search within Ireland, you know, during that site selection process. I believe it was 32 sites we went to visit before wow. we, we landed on Port Leash. But look, Port Leash ticked all the boxes for us, you know, from, <clears throat> I suppose, the, the high quality pool of labor that's in the area. We have, I believe, in Leash, 13,000 people commute outside of Leash every day uh, to their their workplace, whether that be in Dublin. And so it was really trying to attract that labor force, you know, to a a better work-life balance on their doorstep to have industry here. But Leash, you know, it's on a great motorway network. Our customers in Ireland are spread, you know, evenly across the country, whether it be Limerick, Cork, Dublin, Mayo, um, Galway, you know, so it's, there's a, so Port Leash offers that connectivity through the motorway network. Dublin Port, and now even more importantly, Ross Airport, we're not too far from either. Um, so to give us that gateway from either our imports of our ethanol into Ireland, or also our exports then to continental Europe, now going out through Ross Lair, um, after Brexit. 
And having done such an extensive search, 32 sites that you mentioned, um, what did you learn what, if, if there was a, a Canadian company now looking at Ireland and um, coming in to maybe look at some sites? What are some of the pieces of advice that you might give them in terms of um, that, that whole process? Look, I, I think the, the local council authorities were very important. You know, for us, the IDA, I can't sing their praises enough, really. Um, you know, we're in the green jersey. You know, Ireland Inc. does an excellent job of giving that comfort factor to FDIs coming across, really. You know, they put the arm around you. They, they just, you know, obviously it was a it was a big decision for our board to, to make that jump across and just that comfort factor of, making those connections with you know all the service industries from the construction partners legal banking recruitment every every step of the way the idea were there to support us so again that would be one of the first steps i would advise to you know establish that connection with the idea and then you know at a more local level you know we'd obviously the irish canadian business association was a fantastic support to me and our team here um, we have local uh, Chamber of Commerce, which is very active, uh, the Leash Chamber of Commerce and Leash County Council. And really it was, you know, in, in each location where we went to, you know, look at, at various sites, we would visit the local authority. And it was really the, I suppose, the welcoming um, we got from Leash County Council and, you know, their pro-business approach. And because what, what's important to us is, well, it's great to have this footprint that we have now in Port Leash it's the industry we're in is you know in its infancy as I mentioned and so we need to be able to scale up to meet our customers growing demand over the next few years so at the IDA park here in Port Leash offers us that scalability we we've already drawn up plans to add 20,000 square feet to the current footprint we've acquired interest in an adjoining site then to put another 40,000 square feet in in the in an adjoining site so that that's hugely important to us that we had the I suppose the room and capacity to grow here in within our industrial park here in Portlaoise. And while achieving what you just achieved during the summer, but opening the new facility is tough enough and busy enough in normal times. Of course, these weren't normal times because it was in the middle of the COVID nineteen pandemic. So, um, how did you manage to uh, bring it all together under such difficult conditions? <laughs> Well, look, it wasn't easy, Patrick, I have to say, but with the help of our, our construction partners, DPS Engineering, you know, I'm, I'm minded when you look back at March 12th and, and when the announcements were made that we were going into lockdown, I was getting emails from the Italian Health Authority, you know, humanitarian crisis unfolding and, and desperate, desperate pleas looking for ethanol, one of our, our, our produced products from Canada. And unfortunately, you know, because our, our building was at the early stages, we were looking at a steel frame. There was nothing we could do, you know, and they were saying, look, there are people dying over here. We need that to know. Is there anything you can do? So that was really, you know, for me personally, it was a driving force behind us to keep going, to keep the momentum going on the construction program. We were only one of maybe a handful of construction projects allowed to continue because the products we were producing are essential in the fight against COVID. And um, so we had to quickly pivot, quickly implement new safety protocols. We, we had probably had a workforce uh, contra- contractor workforce of about 170 at the time. So we had to you know, implement new protocols, like we added in a night shift so that people could 
you know, space out more easily and with special zones, one-way systems, all of these new, new protocols that you see now in every, every construction project or every industry, you know, we had to implement those and, and design those in one weekend. So it was an amazing feat to put that in and implement it and execute it. And, you know, I believe a lot of those protocols that we put in were used, you know, across the construction industry once that opened up again. But yeah, so that was a difficult and challenging time. And I suppose during that time then we had to, we, we continued with our recruitment um, program. I suppose just before COVID lockdown, we, there was actually a Leash Chamber of Commerce held a jobs fair, which was, you know, great for us and that we probably identified maybe 70% of our workforce from the Leash Jobs Fair. So we wow. continued that momentum and hired those people remotely, onboarded them. And so we, you know, had to develop online training um, programs to keep the all staff motivated. And, you know, it was, it was actually a great um, bonding exercise and, and great camaraderie was built up from that. So when we were finally allowed to come to site, everybody already knew each other. They were, you know, they probably had the most extensive offline training program that was you know most companies would not be able to afford that time to such a program so they're you know paperwork wise um sop generations and you know they were very very familiar with our processes and systems and um were you know fully enthused and, and anxious just to get their hands on, on the process and start up the facility as soon as we're, we were allowed to do so so yeah that was an exciting time and um Look, there were challenges then with, you know, having to perform, say, SATs, which are, you know, factory acceptance tests or FATs and SATs on equipment because, you know, a lot of our equipment would have been procured across Europe. So we're having to manage, you know, equipment deliveries and equipment um, setups remotely with vendors because they were unable to travel at, at times. And so that, that was challenging. But you know, I think we, we we had that driving force behind us that we wanted to be on the front line and fight against COVID, because I guess you know we're fighting a two pronged approach in that either the, our products can be used in hand sanitizers or uh, disinfectants, and then also with our new bioprocess solutions with our water for injection um, buffer solutions that we have been lucky enough to be qualified in COVID vaccines as well. So that, that's been an important focus and it's been shoulders to the wheel in, I suppose, accelerating our validation program as quickly enough to join that frontline fight as soon as possible. Well, that, that is, is fantastic, fantastic to hear. And again, you know, we, we we hear a lot about the benefits of having, well, I suppose the critical nature of ne of a company having to have a purpose, a real mission statement um, in order to keep everyone together and, and moving forward. But, and, and I guess you can't get a more crit mission critical and important purpose than the one you just described being on the front lines of of the fight against COVID-19. Sure. Yeah, no, it's been very important to us. And that's what's kept us going, you know, for the last last three months, especially as, as we run into the validation program. And it's like everybody is we, we were still working night shifts where so it's, you know, I think it was Professor Luke O'Neill who used the analogy, you know, how has COVID vaccines been so safely produced in such a timely manner? And, you know, it's like, asking one painter to paint your house you know it could take three weeks for that to happen whereas if you put 30 people in there we can we can get that house painted in two days so that's really what's happened you know we've excel been able to accelerate our validation program 
um, by adding putting the resource, making sure we're fully resourced, and obviously putting night shifts on to to accelerate that as much as possible, so that we can be there to join the front line and, and provide our buffer solutions in the COVID vaccines, so that hopefully I know it's a hot topic at the moment, but we can see those vaccines uh, very soon back into Ireland, and you know we can get back to some kind of normality. And I, I guess you must feel that if you can be the managing director of a company at such an early stage during times like this, you know you can do anything after this. Well, look, yeah, it, it's been it's been a great challenge and one I've really enjoyed. Um, it's and and again, I suppose what the driving force is behind this is you know to to get on the front line and and supply our solutions as mission critical raw materials to the life science industry. But yeah, I mean, look. Greenfield Global is such an innovative company, and as you know, I explained earlier, the, the three different um, business units, and so there is potential, uh, you know, for us as, as we look at Greenfield Global Ireland, introducing those other business units and looking at some of those R and D projects, bringing them through to pilot, um, to commercial scale here in Port Leash or elsewhere in Ireland. So that will be certainly my focus as as we as we go through the, the remainder of this year. But yeah, I think once we've met the challenge of, of getting through COVID, I think, you know, there, there's nothing going to stop us now at this point. Yeah, and that's really, really good news for Ireland as well, that we can see some of this innovation and some of this technology um, being brought into into our shores and, and developed from here, which uh, which I guess is it's so important because, you know, often we just see the a company set up and that's great news and you know sometimes maybe think that's it sort of stays static and it just operates on that basis for for the rest of time whereas it's actually all about the growth and the scale and the future potential of the presence of these companies within ireland absolutely yes you know and i suppose one other excellent partnership we've been involved in and played a part in is establishing port leash as a center of excellence of low carbon initiatives and, you know, that exactly fits into our, our sustainable mission statement. So, again, you know, that's going to be an innovation center where industry within the Midlands can collaborate together and looking at R&D projects, bringing them from pilot scale all the way through to commercial scale. Obviously, you know, hopefully increasing jobs here in, in the Midlands area and Port Leash. And so, you know, it's an exciting project to be involved in but again they're examples of i guess why we're in port leash because you know leash county council and Leash chamber of commerce have been so active in in that arena and provide a great networking and connectivity opportunity for greenfield global to i suppose expand our presence here in ireland one of the challenges i suppose of of having sites across different geographies around around the world is that connectivity the staying close to the mothership, keeping, you know, the culture of your sites in Ireland as strong and as as purpose driven as the your your HQ back in Canada, for example. How has this been going so far? How has the company tried to make sure that both sites are both on the same page and culturally and et cetera, et cetera, particularly at a time when business travel is so limited? Sure. Look, again, it has been a challenge, you know, prior to COVID, we would have had, you know, we, we would, Project Ireland has been a, you know, a huge collaborative feat by our organisation and all our colleagues across all the locations. There's not many that haven't touched Project Ireland. So, you know, we're, we're, they, they really look at it with, with great interest and in how we've developed and how the building has come up out of the ground and, and 
um, to see where we've come from and got to. And so, yeah, that, that, I suppose that communication has continued, albeit remotely. We have, you know, probably daily calls across all the different sites. Um, uh, we'd have town hall meetings where CEO can present, you know, the vision of the company um, through it, each, each location. And yeah, so that's, that's, that's something that's very, very important. And I think we've done an excellent job throughout the organization in continuing that communication and working together on, on, you know, on fighting COVID and making sure we keep our, all our employees safe as possible, you know, and, and helping each other, you know, finding the learnings where, where we can make those improvements and, and implementing that across each site. So that, that connectivity is, is really important to us and we've managed to Keep that going, you know, through the various platforms, Teams calls, Zoom calls, um, and and yeah, so it's it's been an important part of our growth here in Ireland, and that will continue to be. Um, even you know, as you mentioned too, that our board and directors established a Greenfield Cares Fund, you know, and we saw the effects of COVID was happening, I suppose, to more needy charitable organisations across, you know, with each of our location, we've about fourteen locations across the US and Canada and Ireland. And so, you know, they established nearly $500,000 Greenfield Cares Fund, which were then distributed equally across, you know, different charities within different areas. So here locally, we were able to, um, you know, help out for great, credible charities, Jack and Jill Foundation, Leash Domestic Abuse, Leash Hospice and Pieta House. And, you know, that was again, another sobering experience talking to, to each of those well-deserved charities and the work they're doing and the challenges they have to overcome during COVID. So um, it was great to be able to help them out and, and become good partners with them as we, as we move forward. It's really good to hear that. And I think it's, it's very much part of maybe the, the new modern business culture where it's not just about generating profit for shareholders, etc. That business has to have a role in society. And in fact, business and society need to hold hands to create just a, a better place to live for everybody. And I think there, that probably ties into the, my next, my, my final question, which is, you know, you've mentioned sustainability, climate being good for the planet a number of times throughout this interview. It must be nice for you to see that you know sustainability really is coming towards the top of the agenda for so many business leaders right now it's not just a nice to have anymore it's really something that needs to be front and center absolutely you know it's all you know you can see a lot of companies will their organizations will have their nice um climate sustainable mission statement but it's really just there on paper whereas you know what greenfield global have done is put that into action it's important from our chairman uh, our ceo all the way down and anything we do is really about you know we have to have you know there's got to be a string in the bow there that we're in some way improving protecting our planet um in any of our process reducing our carbon footprint um our sustainable mission statement is three less than 350 which is the parts per million of carbon needed to start to reverse climate change so that's you know our target is to Obviously, we can't do that on our own, and we're reliant on our industry family to all come together and make that effort and put their, you know, their mission statements into action. And thankfully, I suppose we're we're finally seeing some movement, and I know probably that has been one of the positives of COVID is that we've probably seen an improvement in our um, carbon footprint out there. But it's kind of seen the impacts of that and how that we can just keep that momentum going and roll that out it's in everybody's interest 
But does does becoming a more sustainable company, does it take huge investment, financial investment, or is a lot of it actually just down to creative thinking, thinking how can we do this differently rather than just going for the, the, the tried and tested? Absolutely. You know, and, you know, in fact, when you look at your bottom line dollar, it can actually improve the, the financial stability of your organization once you have that approach. You know, and, and that's, I suppose, what we have found, that there are benefits to, you know, the organization by being that bit more friendly to our environment and to our planet by putting those actions in place. You know, at the, bot- the bottom line is that you will you know, reap the rewards financially in, in the long run. So it, it's more, it definitely is a long-term approach. Um, but that's, you know, I think it's something that it's important to come from the top down and have that, you know, have that communicated throughout the organization. And if, if that's put in action, you can reap the rewards financially in, in the long run. Very good. Well, look, it's been really fascinating to hear about Greenfield Global and and coming to Ireland and and everything that it's involved so far. And Ken, it really does sound like, based on the experience so far and the plans you have, Greenfield Global is very much here to stay in Ireland for quite some time and expansion plans are afoot. 100%. You know, we're we're not a company that's going to stay stable too long. We're a very agile, nimble company. And, you know, as I said, we're, we're drawing up, we've drawn up plans already. Um, there, there's there's great discussions afoot of you know the different business units and different projects. So it's onwards and upwards, and we're delighted to be here in Ireland. And it's you know the company really feels very welcomed and sees it as a, a place to do business, very innovative, and you know the talented pool of employees here has been excellent. And so they they have just you know, no worries in. In, I suppose establishing and, and growing our business in Ireland um, and Europe. Well, spread the word. <laughs> Ken Finnegan, Managing Director of Greenfield Global Ireland, thanks a million for joining us here in the Ireland Canada Connection podcast series today. Thanks very much, Patrick. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Ireland Canada Connection. Please do check out our back catalogue as well. We have loads of episodes there um, on whatever channel you're listening to this on that I think you're really going to find interesting, whether you're a Canadian company in Ireland or looking at Ireland or whether you're an Irish company looking at Canada. If you'd like to find out more about the Ireland Canada Business Association, just log on to irelandcanada.com. We'll be back with a new episode very soon. And until then, take care.